was afraid of hell at a very young age. Yeah. <laughs> when we manipulate kids into like saying certain prayers, you know, the sinner's prayer and things or like that. Or sharing their testimony. Or sharing a testimony is like, again, I'm six. I haven't sinned that much. <laughs> you know, like I, I had, you know, three cookies instead of two and I was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, like, you know, like, listen, like. You that might be our episode title. That might be your episode title. I'm six. I haven't sinned that much. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 235 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Ogan Holder and myself, Reverend Brian Burkoff, are joined by author Derek Weston to address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And whether you're a longtime listener and you to the show, you can get access to some more content starting at $7 a month. Join our Patreon uh, group, our page, patreon.com slash PT Live. You'll get pre and post show banter like today. Uh, Derek was uh, walking us through his adventures. Well, we kind of all are our adventures in publishing and how they vary widely. <laughs> <laughs> for each of us over time. <laughs> yeah, some of us got more help than others. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but fun discussions like that. And also there's some merch. We still got some pint glasses lying around. We'd be happy to send them to you. Uh, so hit us up at patreon.com slash PT Live. Thank you for supporting the show and thank you to our current patrons. Oh, me again. Oh, sorry, Mr. Cuter. I forget. Usually Shannon jumps in here and, you know, I didn't see the script. <laughs> Just looking at the script. We didn't, apparently we didn't give Derek work to do. See, now here's what I think. Derek's been on here long enough. We should give him more work to do than just, you know. Uh, no, I am I am just here to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Come mission, on. <laughs> mission accomplished, my friend. Obviously, I've failed to prepare Ogan in pre-show. So, Ogan, clearly, away. Clearly, clearly, clearly. All right. So, we'll be discussing suffering, Columbus Day, and forcing, religious, forcing religion on children. I think that's all suffering. Um, are we a little early for Columbus Day? Is that, when's that happening? And that, it's yeah, next it's Monday. It's next yeah, Monday. It's, it's real close. Oh, my God. Are we there already? All right. <laughs> So uh, yeah, uh, uh, thank you for joining us again. Again, Derek. Uh, Derek is we we label him as an author. We call him an author. He's 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 written a lot of stuff. You've written a lot of stuff. It's online on apps and stuff. But and but next year you you're you're publishing your first book. You want to give us just a little sneak peek about what the book's about? And, yeah. And so it's called the Just Kitchen: Invitations to Sustainability, Cooking, Connection, and Celebration. Um, and it's about how we uh, live out our values and by the things that we cook, um, by ways we source our food, by who we eat with, um, by um, just kind of the posture in which we um, make cooking a part of a, a ritual in our lives, um, recognizing that there are 
histories of oppression and histories of power dynamics um, that are very much uh, have their locus in the kitchen. Um, so, uh, so it's it's a little bit of examining that history, but it's also you know it's got recipes and it's got some practical how to stuff and blessings nice. and prayers and so uh, yeah, really excited. Nice. So here's why I think we, we touched on this a little bit in the pre-show, but here's why I think the timing is perfect for this because um, we all know how bad ultra processed foods are for us, so right? Bad. So bad. But but recently they've really been doing deeper research to try and find out why, right? So the so the research is out as to specifically how it affects us. I just read this uh, report that they did this like long term study. And what they're realizing is, you know, even if folks intake the same amount of calories worth between ultra processed and processed food, the results are remarkably different. Okay. Remarkably different. So, you know, us in America, we're, we're slow, especially when it comes to giving up the foods that we like and the taste that we like. Right. So, by the time by the time the research is really hitting the mainstream, your book will be popping out, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and part we also you know try to be as as fill the book with a lot of grace that like knowing that what we eat is really personal. Mm. Um, that there are comfort foods that mean yes. a lot to us. That there are um, that there are cultural foods that mean a lot to us. And like yes. eating healthy doesn't mean giving up your cultural foods. Um, so where does you know, bacon it, where does bacon land in this? Is bacon, uh, ba- proce- bacon processed, ultra processed, non processed, healthy, is, natural is processed, but is not ultra processed. Okay. So so bacon is is I would say on the safer side. Yes. Um, but I, I think where you source your bacon, I think there if you go. are choosing to eat meat, I think one of the conversations we have is like, if you are choosing to eat meat, and I choose to eat meat. Good man. Basically daily. Um, you know, I think one of the conversations is about where we are meat and, and recognizing that there are there are places we can get meat with people who take very good care of animals as opposed Excellent. to um, some of the ways that animals are treated pretty horribly. In All right. The well, larger look, systems. Out, look out for this book coming. Just Food, that was called, right? The Just, the just Kitchen. The Just Kitchen, sorry. Just Kitchen. Sounds look out fantastic. for that next year. Speaking of foods that are minimally processed and technically natural, what are we drinking Ooh. today? Especially yeah, well, you got your beer in hand. What do you got, Ogan? Uh, well, it is September. It is officially fall, so we got to roll out the pumpkin bears at least for a couple of weeks. Uh, this is by... Uh, Aleworks Brewing Company in Williamsburg, Virginia, and it's just called Pumpkin. Oh, Spiced good. amber ale with natural flavors. It, I think you should not, always put natural in like quotation marks. Hopefully not <laughs> brewed by David S. Pumpkins, right? By who? What? David Pumpkins? I mean, are we supposed to know who that is? Sorry, that was an old SNL reference that... Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Didn't translate. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but David Pumpkins, I mean, is he from something? Yeah, like is he from a local commercial or Derek, what do you got? What are you drinking? Uh so I I went with um I went local. Uh Union Brewing. Um, I'm sure Shannon has had Union Brewing on here plenty of times. This is their double IPA called Double Duck Pin. Obviously, their uh, IPA is called Duck Pin. And uh, double duck pin, uh, no hop was spared, um, and uh, that's that's written on there on the can. Spared no hop. 
Uh, so uh, yeah, just one of my one of my favorites of theirs. It's it's kind of high octane. So uh, I've gotten a lot of my work for the day done already. Um, so yeah, uh, cheers. Yeah. Oh, what great. you got, Brian? Well, I am drinking a hazy IPA that is non-alcoholic. It's the Free Wave by Athletic, uh, and for non-alcohol beers this one is one of my favorites so you're choosing non-alcohol because well i gotta run my kid over the dmv after this actually i probably should have a like a 12 percenter now that i think about it but <laughs> it's like exactly he's he can drive yeah he can drive i didn't think this through clearly but <laughs> that's all right there we are there we are man i'm david pumpkins i know but like who are you? On to today's topics. So I think this is a great question to open with uh, since we have our uh, food author here. And our opening question is what food represents your personality if there is one and, and why? Guess, do you want to go first or? Yeah, this is, this is, this is tough. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's an acquired taste. Um, you, you, want, you want you you want me to go give you a little more time? I see where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that my I think that my personality is an acquired taste. Um, so yeah, why don't why don't you why don't you go first, Logan, and then I will. So I, will, uh, so I gave this a, a little thought, and it seems it's a little bit of a contrived answer, but you'll see why I like it. I'm gonna go with tacos, and here's why. Here's why tacos. Um, um, like me, like me, sometimes hard and crunchy on the outside, but sometimes, you know, soft and pliable. Okay. So we got that one, two, um, you, you just never know what's going to be inside in the filling. So with me, like you just never know what's going to show up on any given day. Right. Um, there's a little something for everybody, but not everybody's going to like everything. Um, and also, <laughs> readily available but to various degrees you know where you're gonna go you're not gonna find a taco and you know i i'm i i usually like to think myself as a very uh like accessible person i share a lot about who i am i'm an open book i don't you know i don't, I don't got no big secrets um some people some people have i don't know dare to say i overshare sometimes um my, da my daughter's favorite phrase. You're one of those crunchy tacos that just falls apart on your plate. It just spills over on the plate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Every once in a while, my daughter will still lay a hand on my shoulder and goes, Dad, you're monologuing. Um, and I just, I'm just speaking my truth, dear. Just speaking my truth. So, so gonna gonna go with tacos. And I hope I didn't offend any of my Caribbean brothers and sisters uh, coming from Barbados. They didn't speak pick a more uh, you know Barbadian or Caribbean food but mm. but I think I think tacos kind of covers it for me there you go there you all go. right so I, th I think I have mine yeah what do you got I have mine um Hawaiian pizza <laughs> you know how like yes. there are people who have yes. really strong feelings about whether or not yes. pineapple should be on pizza and and I think um one I think Hawaiian pizza is delicious so I there's that but right. like I, I think there are there are there are it is an acquired taste. It is a it is a thing that people tend to have uh, either strong feelings for or strong feelings against. So I, I think uh, that is. Uh, but most people like. 
Um, so there we go. Hawaiian pizza. I'm a, I'm a strong four. I'm a strong four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I would say uh, for me, maybe lasagna. Okay. It's, it's not flashy, you know, but it's quietly enjoyable. Uh, sometimes you don't even notice it's there and uh, it goes good with wine. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> See like that, I, that description fits um for you i don't know if that fits for lasagna like, i <laughs> i i love lasagna like lasagna is one of my favorite things which that you're also one of my favorites but like uh, where are you going where say, are you going with us there i'm just saying like the not flashy like i i get super ex- i get i don't know i get super excited about lasagna i don't i don't so, know i i'm 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 trying not to sound like an asshole right now. Like I'm not saying that you're not good enough to be lasagna. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's what you're yeah. saying. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Sounds like what you're saying. You're just quibbling with my description of the food. I, I, I'm saying that you're making lasagna. You made lasagna sound a little more pedestrian than it is. You know, I love lasagna too, which is partly why it came to mind. I, I guess I thought of it as a little bit more pedestrian because sometimes it's that like, if someone brings you a meal because you know they know you're going through a challenging time or whatever, it feels like lasagna is often like, oh, here's a lasagna I made. I love yeah. it, but it it's the ultimate comfort food. Almost. It is so good, you know. Yeah. That's, you got yeah, the three things go. in there that that are you got meat, you got cheese, you got pasta. Like I, I know, and it does go good with wine. Things. So you, you can't need to, go wrong. Exactly, you need to talk up. You need to talk up lasagna some more. Because to Derek's point, it's making you and, seem like a little. And I, I, yeah, like I'm starting to question your self-esteem now. Like, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm starting to wonder like, no, you are lasagna, Brian. You yeah. are lasagna, man. Own that shit. <laughs> I didn't want to lead with, you know how lasagna is awesome? So am I. <laughs> Why not, man? Well, Own it, it. I think it's safe to say that. Listen, when I go to when I go to an, an Italian restaurant for the first time, when I go to restaurants for the first time, there there's certain there's certain foods that I use as my baseline. Mm. So when I go to like a Thai restaurant, I always get the pad thai because if you mess up pad thai, the yeah, there's nothing yeah. else on the menu that's gonna go well. For me, yeah. Italian restaurants is lasagna. Yeah. So if it's a new Italian, I'm always ordering lasagna because if lasagna is good, because because you're right, it isn't an overly complicated dish that makes it so easy to mess up. So, mm. so if there's really good lasagna, you know that they're taking care with all the other food items. So it's like it's like the standard to yeah, which yeah. I hold the, the other foods in the Italian restaurant. So, so talk up that lasagna, man. Talk Ooh, it up. I like the, the standard by which some other foods are judged. Now I like where we're going here. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> I like it. I think you just cleverly got us to do your work for you, but you know what? <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. Well, we're going to shift from foods we love to a, a more challenging uh, topic here. How, how would you respond to this statement on suffering? And this is, I guess, said to a person who is suffering. And the quote is, God is not preparing you for anything. You're just suffering. You know, often in Christian circles, we'll, we'll say other things. We won't say this we'll say a lot of platitudes about God is using this time, God, here's how God is with you, etc. This person is saying, God is not preparing you for anything, you are just suffering. How, how do you react to that? Well, I mean, a way to shift blame, one. Um, 
<laughs> Two, why, why, why does it have to be either or? Why can't it be the both hand? Right? Mm-hmm. You can you can be suffering in preparation. Uh, you, you know, this, I, I I feel in in suffering, there's always the opportunity for greater self learning, uh, self awareness, um, uh, further growth. Right, which in turn it may be a specific preparation, or it may just be you are now better prepared to do life, right? Um, so, so I'm, you know, as a, as a person who's just been generally grieving consistently for the last seven years, uh, you know, that's been suffering, mm-hmm. and if and all the above things have happened, it has definitely prepared me better for for life or when hard things come my way for putting things into context, um, putting things into, uh, you know, really figuring out what's important in life and what's not. So, so I think it's sort of the both and, and again, you know, you know where I stand theologically. I don't think God's preparing anything for anybody or, or influencing us in that way. But if we're going to use that language and I think it's both, Mm. Derek, what? How did you respond to this? So, one, I wouldn't say it that way. Like that's kind of a dick thing to say. It's just like, well, you're just suffering. <laughs> um, but, but I, but I appreciate, I appreciate the quote because we have, uh, I think, well-meaning Christians have this tendency of trying to make meaning of people suffering while they're in the middle of it. And oftentimes you can't make meaning of suffering until you're on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, so I think what I, what I appreciate about that is it's let's not do the work of meaning making when you're in the middle of the shit, right? Like let's not do, let's not do the meaning making like the, 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 in the midst of this of suffering is the time for compassion. It's the time for it's the time for love. It's the time for companionship. It's the time to walk alongside. Mm-hmm. It's not the time for meaning making. And so I I get the impulse to say, let's shut down the God has a plan for this. Let's shut down the God is trying to teach you. Let's shut down the all of that and just say, hey, you're suffering and I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And that's clearly what this person is reacting to, right? It's those overly um overly Pollyanna approaches to to suffering where you're trying to yeah, get, get too quick to the good part or the what's gonna happen down the road that may well be true, but that's down the road. And in the moment it might be even be wrong slash inappropriate to say those things. Uh and I, I really like the your approach of pumping the brakes on that and and I'm with you in it and and I think the the probably the worst way people will try to frame this is to is to actually lay the suffering on God like that God has caused the suffering so that God can teach you a lesson like that's yeah. like compounding the the problem in a way well and it's 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 a it's a horrible pedagogical device uh on god's part like <laughs> the, the the only the only way i have to teach you is by you know giving your friend cancer so um i'm a terrible teacher apologize you know, like to your friend but it's an important but it's an important lesson 
but it's an important lesson for you. Um, right, right. So, right. so like that's 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 nonsense, and it, and it's uh, again, it's like so many things that we say. It says way more about us than it says about God. Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. uh, in uh, in unity and new thought traditions, because we view ourselves in each as the embodiment of the divine, and therefore we're the ones creating our experience. When we are suffering, the underlying message is like, well, what's in your consciousness that's causing this event to play out in your life? So there's a lot of individual blame. And then there's also a lot of mm -hmm. uh, you, if you are suffering, you should be able to affirm slash pray slash whatever your way out of the suffering right yeah. as if as if the suffering is to be avoided that the suffering is a bad thing so to your point about the meaning making we make suffering bad from the get mm -hmm. as opposed to uh you know letting it be and letting us walk through it and then afterwards figure out what we're going to do with it um yeah yeah, if, if I'm with someone going through something challenging, you know, if I use any God language, it is simply that you're not alone in this, like we're with you. And also, I trust that God is with us in this moment. But there's no God's doing X, Y, or Z, or the later outcomes going to, you know, I don't go there. It's simply the pre affirming the presence in that moment. Um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I just I just think we have to we have to be so much we have to be so much gentler with each other, um, you know, to to understand that when people are in the midst of suffering, that like a lot of our suffering then becomes like core memory, then becomes like these are the things that are going to reference that I'm going to reference going forward through the rest of my life and and you remember the things that people say to you in those mm -hmm. times right yeah. like you 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 remember like I remember things that people said to me when I was going through my divorce I and like hold on to them and like not all of them were pleasant right, right. um but like so, so I just, I just, we have to be really, we have to be gentle with, with each other. We have to be gentle with ourselves and, 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 and really recognize that, like, we have to be so careful about what we say about God to people in those moments. Yeah. Um, because again, like in those vulnerable moments, you internalize those messages about who God is, what God does. And they, they, again, they become they become part of you because then like that 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 again that message of like god is trying to teach you then like i don't want any part of that god right like i don't i don't want a god who uses my suffering to teach me lessons like i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to and i don't want to be a part of a community that teaches that yeah and i don't want to be around people who accept that from from their god so is I, it just we just have to be very gentle with people is it wrong to want God to bring suffering on certain people, I'm asking. I'm asking for a friend because because I'm reading. I'm reading about the whole Mississippi welfare scandal and Brett Favre, and I'm mm, like, you know what? Mm. If some suffering hits those people, 
you know, don't find it. You know, actually, uh, there's there's quite a few psalms that speak <laughs> okay. to uh, all right, God. If you if you wouldn't mind taking that's care of that bastard over there, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So I, I would actually say that there's biblical precedent for that. You know, yeah, oh my God, I don't want to segue on that whole thing. But the more I read about that. And oh geez, it's so like, bad. I mean, it's so I, I, bad. not not to get off on, on on too much of a tangent here, but like, haven't we always known that Brett Favre is kind of a sleaze bag? Yeah, yeah. But then <laughs> when we, we really find out that, but, well, like, when now you we find know out the depths of the right. sleazebaggery, but like you know, kind of and, always. Oh my suspected. god! And like one of my favorite quarterbacks, like love to watch him on the field, but like it kind of always knew that this was not a good person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of I mean, just the harm that was done and just the the just the the intent to do the harm. Yeah. It's just like, like oh my god. You're like, you're a bad, you're a bad dude. <laughs> bad people. Just just a whole bunch of bad people. And and the sad part is, sad part is like this came to light like two years ago. People were people were already called out. Uh, fired indicted it did not make headlines yeah until he was ensnared in this yeah right which i mean that, that just says a whole lot yeah we're not gonna care about how many black people got hurt in this until but now it's celebrity news superstar it's yeah. not fault oh my god wow. so all right all right not mm. again not wishing god causing suffering but if suffering rolls around <laughs> You know, I'll Brett Favre look, look the in, other way. Brett Favre is still in Mississippi, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Whew. All right, all right. Get us back well, on track, Brian. Get us back. Well, I'm tempted to jump one just because we're talking about how we talk about God and, and suffering and and what that okay. teaches us. So I'm tempted to it. jump to number four it. and then come back to number three if that works. Um, and and that has decision. to do with do it. This has to do with you know. Um, how we teach children. And so I saw this tweet uh, over the weekend on Sunday and the person said, happy Sunday to everyone that thinks Christianity shouldn't be forced on school children. And um, I imagine I understand where this person is coming from, but I'm wondering how we think this might apply, not just in a school setting, but does this apply to church settings where I think it gets a little more complicated because in our, you know, if we belong to a a church or a community of faith, we um, have programs to teach young mm-hmm. people our traditions, our beliefs, and, and those things. And, and where is the line between teaching and inviting learning and, I guess, forcing or at the worst end, brainwashing into certain beliefs? It, it feels it feels not a super easy thing to to untangle in my mind. And Maybe you guys can help me have some clarity. So um, here's my thought on that. Um, yeah, we shouldn't be forcing Christianity on anyone, right? Um, we sh- certainly shouldn't be forcing Christianity on kids. We shouldn't be spending taxpayer money to force Christianity on kids in public school. Yes. But Without our churches, our churches have programming, and <laughs> and they and 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 our programming is is to teach kids the faith, to teach kids the stories of the faith, the tenets of the faith, the doctrines of the faith, 
And there's a line between teaching kids, this is what our faith is, and indoctrinating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and a lot of, I actually see this, this is, um, I think when we, <laughs> I was afraid of, <laughs> I was afraid of hell at a very young age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like long before I had done the majority of my sinning. I was afraid um, of hell I was until, afraid, for, for a very long, old age. Uh, I, was, I, stopped, I, was, I didn't uh, stop being well, afraid of hell until like my mid-20s. What are you talking about? Same, yeah, I mean, same, same, old age, same, right? same, but, but like, but I was, but like at too young of an age, I'm gonna, is what I'm saying. Like at right. too young of an age, I was afraid of hell. And, and, and making, like essentially making doctrinal statements and statements of belief at a young age because of a fear of hell yes that is bad that is really bad and like that is a that is a good way to make an atheist like that is a great like make like being a fundamentalist as a kid is a great way to make an atheist yeah like it's it's so i think when we when we make um when we make when we manipulate kids into uh making certain like belief statements and faith statements when we when we manipulate kids into like saying certain prayers you know the sinner's prayer and things like that or sharing their testimony or sharing a testimony is like again i'm six i haven't sinned that much you know like i i had you know three cookies instead of two and i was lost but now i'm found you know like listen like that might be your episode title that might be your episode title i'm six i haven't sinned that (laughs) yeah like, oh my god! Like, like you gotta, you gotta save some of that for when the bigger sins come along. Oh my god, um, that's awesome! <laughs> but, but, I, but I, but I, I just think we have to be like recognized, particularly you know when, particularly when kids are at that age when they're really looking for loving adults in their lives, mm. and will do so many things to please those adults who show up in their lives. We have to be really careful not to make, um, not to manipulate them into belief. And I think that's, um, you know, like, but no, churches, like we have to do our jobs. Like we have to, it's our job to teach the faith. It's our job to teach the stories. It's our job to teach the doctrines. But then we, we but, but education is giving people information and allowing them to do what they will with that information. Yeah, I think you said a couple of, I agree, and I think you said a couple of important words. It's, it's not manipulation and it's not coercion. It's it's invitation and, and story. And in the healthiest setting, I think in our churches, will also, I think, make space for opportunities to learn about other faiths. I think that can be very healthy for our children to, to show that we respect other faith traditions. We can learn from other faith traditions because those were not stances I was taught as a child. I was taught to fear other religions, that other religions Same. were wrong, that those people were going to hell. And so I had a ton of work to do to, to undo that. And that, you know, that was hard. And I'm sure there were times early in my life as a young adult where I didn't said things that were terrible because that's what I was taught. 
and and again it's it's what christian you're all alluding to the same thing what christianity are we teaching mm. are we are we are we teaching all are welcome uh to the table or are we teaching homophobia and transphobia right, right? like what 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 are and i think and i think you know i i i love the current um you know political climate around that messaging of indoctrinating kids you know because you know drag queen shows up for brunch uh you know that that ridiculousness but then in some churches there's the indoctrination happening around again homophobia transphobia um so much sexism and patriarchy here's the role the women slash girls play here's the role the men slash boys play and and they're never really equal you know and that that stuff gets gets implanted from early on so for me it's again yes churches are absolutely voluntary bringing your kids to church absolutely voluntary bringing them to church and sending them to sunday school also voluntary right Mm -hmm. and what's what's being taught what's being told how is the bible slash life of jesus being um i I don't want to say simplified but being made to understood so that a child can really pull out what's there are we are we teaching love your neighbors yourself are we teaching protect those who don't have a voice because that's all in there or are we teaching like you know the list of don'ts and sins and things that that frighten um, you know, are we spiritually edifying? Or are we spiritually abusing? And 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 the range, the range is vast. So so it's 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 not a for me. It's never a simple, uh, you know, forcing um, um, Christianity forcing on 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 kids and school age kids. It's about what what exactly is being taught because it can be a great place to teach values centered on compassion and, and inclusion and, yeah. and, and, and love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Monday this coming Monday is Columbus day in the United States celebrating, uh, in quotes, uh, Christopher Columbus landing in the Americas. Uh, and, um, it, Actually, I didn't know this. It became a federal holiday less than 100 years ago in 1937, even though it was celebrated uh, earlier. But as of last year, I found this hopeful. As many as 130 cities, as well as a handful of states, have exchanged Columbus Day for Indigenous Peoples Day. And this list is growing um, every year. And so... um, you know, why is this shift important if you believe it's important as I do? And would you support this being federally acknowledged that we do away with Columbus Day and that at a federal level make Indigenous Peoples Day the federal, the new federal holiday? Um, I'd like to point out that Columbus Day is October 10th, which is not this coming Monday, but the following Monday. Oh, oh yeah, we thank you. On Columbus I'm, Day. I'm a, yes, thank you. It's, it, it <laughs> it's is all good. <laughs> More time for people to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, it's already October in my mind. It's like you got the pumpkin. Someone was going. expecting a mattress sale on Monday, and they're going to be disappointed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you pulled out the pumpkin beer, and I forgot what month it was. Thank you. <laughs> a week from Monday. I, I, I said 10th. it was still September. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I said that. you did, but then you showed me the beer, and I got uh, 
Listen, September, listen, in the, in your defense, September is a weird month. You know, it's, it's like, so weird. Uh, anyways, so, so yes, I think more people should do this because again, you know, Columbus technically didn't discover anything. Uh, dude was lost and his landing um, brought, you know, back to our previous question, a whole shit ton of suffering, yeah. right? So, um, you know, I think we, we have this myth of, uh, of he was the one, the only one who believed the world was wrong and he set out to prove it against all odds and he was victorious in his story. No, the idea of the world was wrong existed way before he did. And the intention of the crews was to go plunder, go find riches and go claim land, yep. right? So, so it was a colonization effort from the get, from the jump. So, so no, I don't think we should continue to celebrate this. Um, yes, I do think we should continue to, to elevate Indigenous Peoples Day as a replacement. And yes, it should be recognized federally as such and get away with and do away with uh, Columbus Day, N nothing good, at least for this hemisphere, you know, uh, emanated from from Columbus's um, accidentally getting lost and bumping in bumping into the Americas. Oh, also by the way, he wasn't the first. That's the other piece of this whole thing. He, he was not the first. Give the Vikings some love. You know, he, he wasn't the first. So so the whole holiday is really a farce to begin with. I, I don't know why we still have it. Those are my thoughts on Columbus. Yeah. I mean from the Caribbean, I'm not I'm not slated at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. So, uh yeah. So, um, of course, this question makes me think of one of my favorite episodes of The Sopranos, um, where they're they're attempting to uh, cancel the Columbus Day Parade, and and Tony and 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 the gang uh, get involved in in making sure that the Columbus Day Parade happens because of Italian pride. Um, <laughs> it's it's a great episode if you haven't seen it uh, of of. A fantastic show. Anyway, um, yeah, Columbus was a pirate. <laughs> like nice. Columbus was a charlatan. He was a huckster. Mm -hmm. um, and and in some ways, it absolutely is appropriate for Americans to the the same America that elected Donald Trump to celebrate Christopher Columbus. Um, but. <laughs> If we want to be our better selves, mm. um, I think I think it's really important that we we start to have an Indigenous Peoples Day where we are more thoroughly educated yeah. about not just the history of Indigenous people but the lives of indigenous people in this country now. Yeah. And, and, and really understanding that that history of, of colonization um, still has people on reservations and still has those people on reservations um, living largely unhealthy lives because, mm -hmm. you know, those are, those are like, they're basically section eight housing, you know, 
Um, uh, so I, I think it's, I think there, there is, um, we've got to do some education. Like that day should become a, a, a locus of education and advocacy for the indigenous peoples who are still in this country. Um, it should be, a, it should be a day to raise up their voices. It mm-hmm. should be a, a, a day to, um, to support the things that they are asking us to support. It should be a day where we do, and I'm, I'm, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like I have, I have a soapbox. I'm going like little, preach, tiny, my brother preach. Little, oh, tiny, little, little tiny portable soapbox that I carry with me about like land acknowledgements. Yes. Like mm-hmm. it's gotta be a time where we do more than our bullshit land acknowledgements. Mm. Yep. So I, I, I did a, um, I did an interview with, uh, uh, the executive director of the um, Jewish Farmers Network. And she talked about how like in their land acknowledgements, what they also do is um, donations. Like their, their land acknowledgements are also backed up with money. Yeah. Like to, to the tribes, to causes, to, like I, I, I really, I, I, I've, I've said this to people before. Like, uh, to me, a land acknowledgement is like, Ogan, I stole your wallet, and I, I have your wallet, and I acknowledge that this was in fact your wallet. <laughs> but, and but I'm not and I, <laughs> I grieve, I grieve the suffering that my having your wallet has caused you. Right. You are not getting your wallet back. Exactly. Like that's what land acknowledgements are, right? <sighs> and, and, and so, I, and so, like, I really, I really do believe that we have to, we really need to take that day, and 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 make it, and make it not just a a, a lip service about um, the acknowledgement that there were people here before Columbus, but yeah. like really turn it into a day of education and advocacy. Uh, yeah, land, I, land land acknowledgement is is the first of like twenty steps, not the mm-hmm. not the last not the last step. I do want to I do want to give a plug for for um, landback.org. If you've never been to this website, please go there. That's a site around education and awareness and a place to donate as as well. Please visit that. And since you raised the point about great TV shows, if you want a great TV show that that speaks to what it is to be. Um, um, an indigenous person living on reservation, please check out Reservation Dogs. That is a great show. It's, it's on my list. It's on it's on Hulu. Gotta gotta watch a show. But landback.org um to get your journey started um around that. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ogan. I just posted it to the uh, comments on the Facebook stream. Uh, and if folks have other resources for education and learning, feel free to uh send those our way and, and we'll try to pass those along. Um and yeah, I, I like the um, I like the analogy of of comparing uh, a day like this to a land acknowledgement. That even if we got to the point of this being a day, like that, what does that day actually represent? Like this is not a day that now we all feel better or we all have a little less guilt, or you know we've accomplished some huge thing. Like I think it is important, and and I will advocate for it. Have and will advocate for this day being changed. But then, what does that day become a vehicle for? And I think you named some of that uh, very well. So I'm I'm on board. 
Um, and and speaking of speaking of steps, um, here here are some other things you can uh, do as well. Um, if you happen to not know the stolen land that you're on, mm. go to native-land.ca. Native-land.ca. You put in your town, yeah. city where you live. It tells you the name of the indigenous people that once inhabited that area. Don't stop there. Do further investigation. Do these people actually still exist yeah. in that area? Find out about that. Find out what what you know you can do. If they don't, where are they? Where were they taken during you know that horrific trail of tears? Where or what reservation may these people still exist on? What um, what are there any are there any policies processes in place with your local government to connect with support these people like take take a few more steps other than just you know to Derek's point just acknowledging hey yeah this land was stolen and yeah nothing we can do about it there's a there's a ton you can do um, um around around that yeah good and, stuff and, great resources and, yes. thank you that's, that's and lobby great. to lobby to get rid of Columbus Day as well. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. let's let's just do that. And I remember uh, when I was in Massachusetts some year in Boston, someone lopped off the head of Columbus's statue down in the Boston Park. Um, I am neither um, advocating nor uh, opposed <laughs> to vandalism of Columbus themed property. That was well played. You're off. Thank the you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I, am, I am i am neutral on those actions uh, wink, wink. So, so yeah that's that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> wow wow i feel well i feel like we were talking about some really important things and and i think this next one uh will be on us uh a different scale for some people as in maybe even more important and some people will say maybe this doesn't matter as all at all um and that was a recent survey of evangelical christians by lifeway research which showed that most respondents affirmed uh, the doctrine of the trinity um and but 73 percent also partially agreed with the statement that jesus was the first and greatest being created by god the father and that was a, an early um, teaching in the third century of Arius uh, and Arianism, which his teaching was called, um, affirmed a created finite nature of Christ rather than equal divinity with God the Father. And it was denounced by the early church as a major heresy. Uh, and so I guess the question is, is this a concern to either of you? Should this be a concern for the church today? Um, I know where Ogan's gonna go, but uh, do you uh, now? Okay, don't surprise me. <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> first of all, for, first of all, Arianism with an I and not a Y. Let's 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 right, speak, right. Let's yeah, be yeah, clear yeah. to yes. our to our Thank audio you. folks. Let's be clear about which Arians we're talking about. Thank you. Uh, uh, yes. Second of all, why are we asking evangelical Christians anything? I mean, seriously, <laughs> come on. Have we have we not? <laughs> Have we not been burned by this already? Why are we asking them? Well, okay, oh my so God. real quick, I, I found this uh, on Christianity Today, a conservative public, an evangelical publication. Mm -hmm. They noted that um, on this survey that many Christians were orthodox when it came to cultural issues like 
human sexuality and abortion, meaning they had the correct answer in the concern from their view, which apparently uh -huh. means anti-homosexuality and anti-abortion, but that they were off the map when it came to things uh, like traditional doctrines about God and Jesus, et cetera. Um, and so they saw that these cultural concerns were taking a bigger priority for evangelicals than traditional teachings of the church. And they were just wondering, is this cause for alarm? Are, are you saying that people who claim to be Christians don't know anything about Christianity? Oh, <laughs> shocker. What? shocker. Uh, and again, I stand by my point. Why are we asking evangelicals anything? Oh, okay. nice flash. Wow. What? Oh. And again, third hey. thing, Trinity, Trinity, just some made up stuff. I mean, let's be clear. The Trinity was ask true. Ask any true theologians or even even clergy to really break down and explain the Trinity, and like you're not you're not going to get anywhere. Or, it, or biblical scholars to find it yeah, truly in the scriptures doesn't make doesn't make any kind of sense. I mean, <laughs> uh, oh my God, what is what is the comedian the comedian that does the stuff? Uh, Mr. Deity. Oh my God, there's a great Mr. Deity clip on the Trinity. You gotta true. watch it. This is really it's just true. him and Jesus trying to figure out what the Trinity is. <laughs> and I think, and I think, isn't it Larry? Maybe is the Holy Spirit. Larry's the Holy Spirit, but he wasn't there at the meeting. He wasn't there at the meeting. Uh, it was just it was just Jesus, Jesse, and Deity trying to think. And by the end of it, like it's it's a it's a shit show. No one. They, <laughs> No one can really find this or what's there. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't point. go. I wouldn't go as far as you, Ogan, and say that it's nonsense or that there's no uh, meaning or even scriptural support. I think. So, so what you're saying is, I didn't surprise you. <laughs> you did not surprise you. Were right on brand. I knew you would be. I, I am not surprised. But I just want to push back a little and say that there is, you know, there are texts in scripture that point to what has become the doctrine of the trinity and there is a, a sense to it and there is meaning behind it um i gotta said, i gotta refer back to something derek said earlier uh about the meaning making the meaning of it is what we give to it right sure sure because and it, be, so 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 there are some who give the meaning of we have this triumvirate right we got god we got Jesus, we got the Holy Spirit. They're they're yeah. the three in one. They're they're all equal, but they're not because God is God is Father. God is still supreme, right? But but Jesus is is God incarnate, so equal to, but not the same as. And the Holy Spirit is basically what the voice of the messenger of the presence of God, which is again not equal to, but basically the same level. You see where I'm going with Listen, this, right? Ogan, it's a mystery. Okay. It's a mystery. <laughs> when you... <laughs> it's not a mystery. Here, let me solve the mystery for you. It's bullshit. <laughs> All right, so we gotta, let, we gotta let Derek chime in. The, the, the problem the problem with the doctrine of the trinity and i found this in seminary the problem with the doctrine of the trinity is that like the, it's it's like playing this game where you're trying to see how long you can talk about the trinity before you commit a heresy yes like that, that's the game right yes. like so so like i can talk about i can talk about the trinity for a while 
and then eventually I get it into modalism, and then like bang, right. I'm eliminated, right? Because right. like you like no, they're not. It's not a hierarchy. You're wrong, Ogan, because God is the creator and Jesus is the redeemer, and and the Holy Spirit is the sustainer, and they have different roles. <laughs> That's modalism. That you've now committed a heresy. So like, it, so the, the thing about it is. Like some bullshit is what you're saying. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Oh one, <laughs> one. Like I, I, I came to seminary with the idea that the doctrine of the Trinity was bullshit, and left seminary with the idea that it was useful bullshit. And in uh, that, like the idea of God living in community is a beautiful idea and model for what our communities can be. Yes. Still don't think there's a ton of scripture that backs that idea up, but it's useful bullshit, right? I think what, but going back to like this, this, this uh, survey, like I, I do think there's a bigger issue here of like evangelical Christians not knowing Christian doctrine. And and basically being cultural Christians, and in this case, like mm. the cultural Christianity being lumped in with like gun rights and pro cultural life and and yeah and and cultural war nonsense. Um, I, I, and I and I think that there becomes a point to which we have to have the fortitude to really call out that Christianity. Um, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm beginning to uh, refer to as um, Marjorie Taylor Greene Christianity, yeah. which is, <laughs> is a um, absolutely uninformed, un like um uneducated label that's just a sticker it's yes. just a bumper yeah. sticker it's just jesus is a bumper sticker yeah and and like and and being able to say okay like what do you actually think about christian doctrine what do you actually think about like have you done any serious thinking about the scripture that yeah. you are trying so hard to protect. And also, if you read the Bible, it would be in your banned books list. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And there was there was a great bumper sticker, which sort of encapsulates this sort of cultural Christianity and misunderstanding of doctrine, which we talked about in a previous show, which was, it said, if Jesus had had a gun, he'd still be alive today. Yeah. Yeah. That's just awful. two on that. What are they saying that's, there? That's what do you, what the fuck? What? Like, no, no. If Jesus <sighs> had had a gun, he would have laid it down exactly. and still gotten arrested. And yes, still but gotten also, crucified. Also, what would this Jesus 2000 was? Jesus be like? Like, he would have been, first of all, he would have been like, wow, when would we get this technology? Secondly, he would have been like, I'm not going to use this to hurt people because that's not who I am. Or he would have taken the gun, mowed him down, and then took the steering wheel. 
of his like, of his formula wow, and just hightail it out of there. This is this is my second encounter with this exactly. really high tech, you know, world. This is not so bad. I think we got a better show title. Bumper sticker Jesus. I think I'm gonna start hoarding wealth now. Yeah. <laughs> better better show title. Bumper sticker. I think I'm gonna Jesus. start hoarding wealth and shunning poor people. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man. That's I think a- I I I I I put uh I put the doctrine of the trinity squarely in the same camp as the doctrine of discovery it's just it's it's Whoa. it's it's oh, some, wow. What? wow it's wow. I'm, yeah i'm no. i'm going there i'm going no. there no wow i'm 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 going there no i can't go i can't go there with you you don't me, have me to neither. you don't have to <laughs> hey not not the first or last i must stand alone on this show <laughs> Right, right, but I, I, I think I, and the reason I say this is here. Here's a doctrine, and yes, I'm being a little, you know, extreme on this, uh, yes. but, but in as expected, I think it's a doctrine, you know, and and I love what you said, Derek, but I, I think it's sort of a doctrine that, you know, how is how is this doctrine helping me be a person who better serves my brother? Sure. Right. Who 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 makes me the who makes me the good Samaritan? I don't think I don't think neither of them is really doing anything for me, which for me well, is I think that's the relational aspect that Derek talked about. The Holy Spirit's actually a foreigner, so it's a welcoming of the <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> Oh, do you mean oh foreigner God. as in not American? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. The Holy that Spirit too. had the wrong passport. That 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 too. I but I think ostensibly again, here's another doctrine the church created to give itself some level of eminence, some level of superiority, and some level of we get this and you don't, therefore we are above you, and therefore just do what we say. I, you, you know, it. Do you think that? But do you think that malevolence was there in the in the founding of the doctrine or in the church council? Was it like we're doing this precisely so we can hold it over people, here, or do you here, think they really believed this was true? I think I think both. You ever had a council of people where there wasn't at least one malevolent person in there? Come on, man. Well, of course. <laughs> of course. Okay, so I I think I think I think it was a combination. I think it was a combination of both. But I think yeah. I you know from from what I remember reading also way back when there truly was this effort to where do we place the Holy Spirit? Right? Where do we where do we place? We say Jesus is God incarnate, but Jesus is not God, but Jesus clearly is God. How oh, yeah. do we how do we reconcile this? So I think there was a concerted effort to try to explain and reconcile this this like unexplainable thing. My thing is just just rest in the mystery. Just why we got to try and explain because once we explain, then we have to defend our explanation. If we're defending our explanation, that means some people are right, some people are wrong. Do we accept the people who are right by we by how we see it, and then we exclude the people who are wrong by how we see it, and then it yeah. becomes a divisive thing as it as it has become for sure. And it took a lot of theological gymnastics to say here was this person born in the first century, and we're going to say they were never created and always existed. Yeah, yeah, right. Because the Bible kind of says that, but <laughs> right. So this, then this goes back to this goes back to like where do we place 
the Bible, right? The right. inerrant word of God or just a bunch of people doing their best to try and explain what they believe about this thing that's that surpasses understanding. I mean, the the pro I mean, one of one of the issues of of the Trinity is try explaining it to a Jewish person. Like having a conversation with my Jewish friends about the Trinity, like I sound like a complete moron. Mm. Like it, it just <laughs> you're just like, okay, so God, you got you you guys get God, right? Right. You guys, we had God, we we share God. Okay, right. Okay. So then there's Jesus, right? Jesus is God, right? Right? And they're like, eh. I'm like, no, no, no. Come follow, stay with me. Stay with me. Yeah. Jesus is God, right? And then like Jesus goes to be with God, but Jesus is God. Shh, hold on. Jesus goes to be with God and then sends the Holy Spirit, which is God. What? No. Listen, Jesus, God, 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 Holy Spirit, God, all God. And you like you the, the the conversation has fallen apart, and I probably just in that description committed a heresy. <laughs> so like it, it, it's it yeah. it's intellectually like I mean again it's it's a it's a it's one of those things that like for for Presbyterians like it's one of those things that shows up frequently on like ordination exams like being like and it, it does feel like this thing that becomes a barrier between like your educated clergy and your normal lay people and like yeah. there there's a, there's an aspect of that and like i don't want to downplay that because there there really is like a hierarchical we have a power to explain something to a extent right um i think again, they put in I think they put in an ordination exams just in case one one of you actually gives says something that makes sense, and they're like, "We well, can use that." One of, one of one of us actually says something that's not that doesn't trip into a heresy, right? Exactly right. They're mining. Oh, they're oh, mining. Wow. They're mining they, for definitions, they, they, they and it is like a minefield. They went like a solid four paragraphs before they committed heresy. Um, <sighs> but 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 I, but I do I do come back to like I do come back to this idea of perichoresis, this idea of of God kind of existing in a community with God's self. And, and sometimes the feeling that I exist in community with myself, mm. like that sometimes myself feels divided and understanding that perichoretic dance as, as a model for how communities can work where there is mutual love there, where there is no hierarchy where there is all this give and take and 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 like again i i still think it's bullshit but i think it's it is helpful bullshit and like i i think i think we have we have created this doctrine that that like we 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 talked ourselves into a corner in its creation mm -hmm. um but you know like I, we're not we're not going to like get rid of the trinity right like the right. for some reason like we've we've wedded christianity to this idea yeah um for for good or for ill and so like let's take from it what we can and 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 what we can take from it is is the beauty of perichoresis and this idea that god in community can be a model for what our communities can be like Way to way to re 
theme it and bring it around. And, and I think uh, I echo that, you know, there's a lot of ways in which, yeah, I can't explain something like that and don't feel a need to explain it, you know? Um, and I think if, is there, are there models that we can learn from and is it, can it be beautiful and a beautiful way to engage the divine? Great. You know, I think that's. So, so in, in course of this discussion, Brian, both Derek and I have kind of like, you know, role played how we sound when we're explaining it to someone you want, you want to take a stab. Like if, one, if, one of, if one of your congregants came up to you and asked you to explain Trinity. Like, yes, would you... I, yeah. What I would say is, um, well, take your favorite food like lasagna. There's three important aspects. You've got. The, oh, well played, sir. Well played. You've got the meat and you've got the pasta and well they're all, they're all equal and well they all played. taste great together. By the way, that's modalism. Heresy. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Dang it. Oh, man. Well, we, we need so to, bake, we need to so bake that idea in the oven a little longer. There, wasn't you, there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, oh hey, my. thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. You'll get access to pre- and post-show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And, of course, a huge thank you to our current patrons. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Feel free to subscribe. Uh, rate us with five stars. Um, if it's less, you know. Mm, there's maybe. no less. There's no less. <laughs> there's just, no just, less. Just give there's us five stars. More. There's only more. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can watch us live Tuesdays or maybe Wednesdays on Facebook around 1 o'clock Eastern. And our top three cities tuning in this past week, uh, once we came back, we've got Boardman, Oregon, Queens, New York, and New what? York, New York. What? Wow. So thank you, all your listeners, all our listeners, wherever you're tuning in from. And if you'd like to create a pub theology gathering in your neighborhood, bringing people together of different beliefs and perspectives, uh, you can find resources you need at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. So can I tell you about something that is like making me incredibly happy today? Mm. Yes, of course. Uh, a friend of mine just posted pictures of a bar that is going to open in Baltimore that keep is talking. called Church. Nice. Yes.